This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I'm excited for today because we got Steven Jagger. He's the co-founder of Addy. This is a crowdfunded real estate investing platform. Super excited to talk to Steven today. This is a this is a really interesting project. It's a, it's a great platform. Steven is a serial entrepreneur in the real estate and tech space. So this is a what, what I call a crowd pleaser right. for the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast uh, fans. You play on crowdfunding. I, yeah, that you, yeah, that's exactly what I just did. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay. Just want to uh, quickly, before we get to our conversation with Steven, which is fantastic, you you just did the Grouse Grind with you me. All, you, you know what? We did it. So this is an interesting thing because Jaden Lee yeah. is coming on the show. I'm a big fan wait, of Jaden. Wait for this. Uh, I won't spoil anything, but he ran 100 kilometers last year from Chilliwack to the children's hospital in Vancouver, right? Raised one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars, yeah. something like that, uh, for cancer research. And he's he's. It sounds like he's got something in the works. But twenty-five met, years old, yeah, incredible we, story. We're we're gonna have him on the show, yeah. But we met with him, and of course, a guy like that who runs a hundred kilometers, you don't meet for a coffee. You no. meet at the grind. I said, you want to do McDonald's this afternoon? And he said, why don't we do the grouse grind? Not what I was expecting, right? So next thing, next thing I know, you, you and I and Jaden are, are having a meeting on the gross grind. Right. You We're and like I could barely, could barely talk uh, the whole way up. He, but, let, he was leading, let's put it that way. So this is my second time doing the gross grind. And we actually spoke about it on the podcast probably four back, years ago. Back in 2018. Yeah, 2018 <laughs> or whatever. And I was saying how humbling it is when you get to the quarter mark because you're like, oh man, I'm almost there. And then, right. and, and then you see that like you're one, one fourth of the way there. Yeah. You're like, man, this has been a real hard seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, like it's like, but it kind of, those markers are not good for you mentally. Like it should just, there should be no markers. You should just be able to. And the markers are actually strange because it will say like you're eight of 40 of the way there. Right. And then it's like, okay. But then it seems to not add up. I, it's an interesting thing. We do it with Jaden. We yeah. actually get it done. It was a lot of fun. Great, great time. So we thought we'd reproduce it with the guy who's helping us with social media. Yeah. We're like, Young guy, gonna, also 25. Also 25. And uh, we're trying to break an hour. So, so we had we did it like just over an hour. But we were, we were going to have a meeting about the social media. We were like, let's do it on the grind. Yeah. We're, we're like, we're, I run 100 kilometers now because <laughs> I did the girls grind once. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it on, on, the, on the grind. So we go... The three of us again, like, twenty-five year old leading the charge. Yeah, we're like set to pace, twenty-five year old. Anyways, I don't even know how to say this, but we we pass the twenty-five year old, leave him in the dust. <laughs> then he, he calls out. He, he calls. Out, he calls out. Go in, go in, on without me. Inaudibly, yeah. something as we're we're walking off into the. I yell back. No one gets left behind, and then I continue walking. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had like a moment, like a moment from Platoon where yeah. I was like, no, no, no. Well, you've got, yeah, you're like, nobody dies in the chair. Yeah, and then we exactly. just kept walking without yeah. him. Yeah. And we thought, okay, he's going to, we did break out an hour. We 57 did we minutes. 57 minutes. 57 minutes. We get to the top. We wait 15 minutes. Get another coconut minutes. water. <laughs> 30 minutes. We didn't bring our phones. And we're like, well, maybe he's not coming. Get down. He's sitting in his car looking at Facebook. Yeah. Well, he's been, he, he turned around before he got to the quarter. This guy is in, in good shape. The only or reason. He, well, he, he, he was. He appeared to be he, in good well, shape. Well, his best time on it. Was 47 minutes. Was 47 yeah. minutes. So he was like, okay, guys, like, uh, try not to like choke on my dust. Yeah. And then uh, in the car. Having a nap. The, the, the moral of the story is don't vape. No vaping. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's, I don't know what, if that's what, what, what it was, but maybe it had something to do with it. But uh, Matt, what else do we got for today? Oh, and I just want to say just, just before we, we move on, Jaden Lee coming up on the show. Oh yeah, that's going to be, guy's that, got, that's why we talk. This we, is, we were a, he's that an incredible human part, and uh, he's going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks talking about real estate, talking about what he's up to, talking about his story. Talking about, he does have an incredible story. That guy. it's honestly well, that was. I mean, the one thing is, is the only reason that he was able to probably he talked the entire time we did the gross. Grind. A lot of wisdom. A lot of wisdom for. Uh, I I kind of missed having him there because I was like, man, doing the gross grind without these stories is like way more painful. At yeah. least he took my mind off of uh, yeah, what inspirational. We're anyways, but yeah, looking looking forward to that. And so stay tuned in the coming weeks. That's going to be a fantastic episode. Matt, what else do we got before we cut to what, this interview? What else do we have? Well, let's. I, I wanted to just uh, bring up the market very quickly. Yes. Of course, we had that quarter point increase, Bank of Canada. Bit of surprise for some people. I think a lot of people were thinking it would be the next meeting. Does seem to have trimmed the sales a little bit of the market. I would say we've uh, we've the last couple of weeks feel like we're we're moving into early summer mode here. You know what? I, I would I would echo that sentiment. Still lots of stuff turning over, still lots of multiple offers, but there's stuff hanging around that I wouldn't have expected to hang out hang around even like four four weeks ago. Right. You know, so it's just I'm thinking that some people have we've talked in the past about how some of the latter interest rates were kind of felt like they were baked into the market and people were used to it. But then it was like there's a lot of optimism around rates kind of staying the same or or being further down the road. So I think this was a bit of a punch in the face for some people. And I think there's a bit of shock and awe going on right now, but it could be a great opportunity if you're a buyer, because if something's hanging around, that's a really good product that you don't have to compete for. And you feel like you missed out on Q4 of 2022, where there was some real slowdown. You know, this is a, this is a breath. Well, yeah. Well, and, and it's kind of the, the twofold, right? Like we often say, if you're looking for deals, August or December, yeah, are the months and this quarter point moving into the summer. The only challenge is, of course, inventory is very low. Uh, inventory doesn't usually go up by much in the in the summer months. Although we'll have to t- take a wait and see approach to that. You know, it makes me think of uh, Daryl Simpson, who was on the show recently, who commented, and this was before the rate hike, that from the outside the market might appear stronger than it actually is. And I think that that kind of crystallized something that. You know, we've been thinking about all spring, but right. it's really that low inventory seems to be seems to be the driving factor. But anyway, it's uh, an interesting moment, and it definitely feels like we're slowing down a little bit here. And quickly before we get to our conversation with Stephen, Matt, a little, a few items for housekeeping. One is the sold plan is available on our website. Right. Sell with us. This is a document that now is being downloaded weekly. 
several several dozen times. It's a, it's a popular document. It is a popular document. Uh, a lot of agents downloading it. We uh, we appreciate people from the community and from the industry using it. We're going to be beefing it up. It's it's uh, it's spreading like uh, wildfire flowers. flowers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's an inside joke. Uh, so here, here's here's the thing about the soul plan for people that don't know what it is. It's essentially a checklist for people and it's a step-by-step checklist of getting your property ready for market. Um, these are things that we have learned from you know the past uh, over a decade of selling a lot of homes in Vancouver. And it's very specific to the lower mainland in the sense that this isn't advice I'd give in, in every market. It's it's advice that I would give in Vancouver and probably Toronto yeah. um, for how to market your home uh, successfully and what you need to do. So this is a, a great document. If you're local, definitely go on there and have a look. It's at sell with us on vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And then we also, Matt, I should say, uh, website's beefed up. It's looking good. I was on there the other day I got to say, I've been patting myself on the back for some of the episode write-ups, lots of useful links and materials. So if you really enjoyed an episode and you want to dig in even deeper, head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Anything else, Matt? Anything else? Uh, Just that you have a hot new Instagram video coming on today. Oh, uh, wow. Which everyone's excited about. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram. At Vancouver Real Estate Podcast on Instagram. Really? And and you know what? You you dropped a, what do do we call those? Threads? A thread thread. about... Um, why, right. why you don't love your kids if you don't buy them real estate. Right, think, right. <laughs> and and actually, the, why I bring this up is it was a very successful post. It was a very smart post. Uh, kudos to you. <laughs> but the comments down below were oh. really interesting about cash flow, which and areas, where to find where it. To find it. Uh, I love those where where the, you know, the Instagram kind of turns into something else because it sparks something. Anyway, uh, at Vancouver Real Estate Podcast, you should be following us there on Instagram. But let's cut to our talk, Adam, with Stephen Jagger. Love this one. This is a great one. Stephen Jagger in the studio. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Berquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Stephen Jagger, co-founder of Addy. How you doing, Stephen? I'm doing well. Thanks a lot for taking the time today and coming down to the studio. I know it's uh, it's a little hot in here, 
But uh, we keep make... on saying that uh, you look, you look fine. <laughs> you look fine. Yeah, <laughs> so far, it's so going to be me that's uh, projectile sweating in about ten minutes here. <laughs> but uh, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah. How much time do I have? <laughs> we got as, as much time as, as you need. Four hours and ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm uh, co-founder of this company called Addy. Or I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. Raised around town. Went to. High school in Vancouver, lived in Calgary as a kid, born in Hong Kong. Oh, um, wow. Born yeah. in Hong Kong. Yeah, weren't expecting that, eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> Immediate curveball. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, born uh, in Hong Kong, moved to Calgary? Yeah, my parents were from, uh, born and raised in Vancouver. And my dad worked for the Royal Bank, and the Royal Bank transferred him around a little bit. So he transferred him to, or they transferred him to uh, Montreal, where my older brother was born, and then Hong Kong, where I was born, and then... Calgary, where my two younger brothers were born, and then by fluke, transferred them back to Vancouver. Wow. And then um, I think there was a, like an offer at some point when I was like grade 11 or something for him to go somewhere again, and my parents kind of opted out of it because they thought maybe my older brother wouldn't go, or they'd be taking me out for a new school in grade 12 somewhere else and maybe splits up the family or whatever, so they decided against it, and we stayed in Vancouver. And do you have a, a passport? I don't know what year that would be when you were in Hong Kong. I guess it was still... It was still uh, British. British, yeah. yeah. I don't have a British passport. I, I could have applied for one before the handover in 96, I believe. Right. But I didn't do that. I wasn't totally paying attention to what was about to happen. Yeah. Um, so I have neither a British passport nor a Chinese passport, <laughs> just a Canadian passport. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I'm primarily interested in your company now, Addy, but I, I know Ubertor was, was your previous company. Mm-hmm. I guess two questions. Why real estate and how did you... Can you talk about kind of the your entrepreneurial bent that you seem to have in starting companies and selling them and starting other companies? How that kind of came to fruition? Because it sounds like I don't know what your your role of your dad, at least at RBC, but he sounds like he was a company man. He had a yeah, job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm unemployable. Yeah. So my business partner is a guy named Mike Stevenson. He and I have been business partners for 23 years now. We both went to the same high school and we started our first company. So, you know, essentially a couple of years out of high school. Each company kind of led to the next, but they if you look at them kind of independently, it's super strange as to like, how did you get into this thing? But we started with a web hosting company in 2000, um, you know, hosting people's websites. This is before the internet was like a, a really big thing. It was um, very difficult to get a website on the, on the internet. It was complicated and you needed a tech person to help you and do all the things. And we started in the hosting business, hosting everything dentists, doctors, bakeries, like whatever business. And then we started getting a lot of realtors on the system. And we started realizing that realtors were a good customer base to go after because they didn't call us at midnight with questions or problems. They were kind of daytime type customers and they were very specific in their needs. And so we started building software tools to make it easier for them to you know, update their websites. Back in the day, a realtor would get a new listing and they would fax the listing to their web designer. The web designer would update the website for them. They'd pay 500 bucks or whatever to update the, the website. And we basically built some tools to enable the realtor to do it themselves. And so we ended up being able to charge realtors a little bit more money than a regular hosting customer because they were using these extra features. And that's what became Ubertor. And and Ubertor, for listeners, because you sold it in... 2013. 2013. We started in 2003. We sold it in 2013. And that was like a lead generation. It's a website platform. It's a CMS. So oh, it's a okay. content management system. It basically enables a residential realtor to be able to basically build and maintain their own website. 
So we tied into the feeds of the boards so they could suck the listings in. The realtor had a blog and they could load video and write content and about me page and just sort of run like what WordPress is today. But our, but Ubertor was specific to the real estate, residential real estate industry. And then who bought Ubertor? Um, a group out of Singapore. Okay. And have they brought it, was, was Ubertor local only or was it across Canada? We were mostly West, Western Canada, a little bit on the East coast of Canada and then some American states. And is it now, is it gone global or? I don't know where it's at now. I just know it exists. Right. It's still there. <laughs> I see, I see their um, ads and stuff, but I don't, I haven't been following it. It's been 10, almost 10 years or 10 years since we sold it. Wow. Pretty neat to see that it's still there doing what it, doing like what we sold is still there. Right. right. It's kind of neat. And, and so the interesting thing for me here is it sounds like you were a tech guy who came to real estate, correct me if I'm wrong, but a tech guy who came to real estate almost because it was a, a solid customer base here in Vancouver for the tech business that transitioned to a real estate investing platform that you run today. Did you fall in love with real estate over the course of that time? Or is it more like, hey, this is actually, you saw a gap in the market, only wealthy individuals can invest in real estate and we'll talk more. I'll let you explain, Addy, but you saw that gap and, and created the the software around... Like, not directly. There was a couple things in between Ubitor to Addy. Like 2013, I was living in the Philippines at the time. Mike and I had a outsourcing company over there where we were leasing labor um, back into the North American market. And because we had quite a realtor customer base with Ubertor, we were leasing that labor back to residential realtors mostly. So virtual assistants for real estate companies, real estate offices. And so and the only reason we were in the Philippines was Ubertor. We were trying to figure out how to outsource our own customer service and how to you know trim costs and do that kind of stuff. So we left to the Philippines to try and figure that out, ended up deciding to open a Philippine corporation, got into the outsourcing business and started, Ubertor was the first customer of that. Hmm. And then we started leasing the labor back into other res, you know, residential realtors and so we spent some time in the Philippines, lived over there two and a half years. One of the challenges we had at the outsourcing company was Philippine payroll. So long story short, we ended up building a payroll system for the Philippine market. Originally meant to be an internal tool. We ended up showing it to a few other business owners in the Philippines. They decided that they, or they asked if they could use it. And so that created another business called Payroll Hero. And so Payroll Hero does Philippines um, and Singapore time attendance scheduling and payroll. So I lived Philippines for a bit, then moved over to Singapore, and then I moved back to Vancouver in 2016. And so, and Mike and I the whole time had been personally investing in real estate. And you guys know if you if you'd been investing in real estate since 2000 or whenever people start 99, 96, 97, whenever you were, if you held on to it, it was pretty hard to screw it up. <laughs> you just had to hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and but if you look at people today that were our age now or our age then, but they're now like a young person today, it's a totally different world. Right. Right. A starter condo at 700 grand like it's just how do you get into real estate or get into the market or get into investing if the the minimum dollar amount is just so so high and so mike and i were, were dabbling in not only our personal investments but we we did a, a deal came mike's way to be an lp investor behind a real estate developer and the developer essentially was raising a little bit of money it's those typical developers they rip down three four five houses build 30 townhouses sell them off make a little bit of money and this opportunity came Mike's way. The developer said, there's a minimum investment amount of a million dollars. And Mike said, great, that's fine. Can I put a few people together 
to make that money. And the developer said, yes, but I only want one investor. So I was like, you know, Mike's like, fine, I'll set up a new corporation. The people will put the money into that corp. That corp will be your single investor because the guy wanted one investor for $1 million. And so Mike had talked to me and a few other people and we agreed like, great, this is a good idea. Let's do it. And so we did that. And one of our colleagues at the time wanted to put in money into the deal. And I think at the time when Mike had set it up, maybe it was like a $50,000 minimum to get in. This person had $10,000 and he was a you know, young guy, had saved up some money. He wanted to put $10,000 into the deal. And the answer, unfortunately for him was no. And it was that conversation with this person as to like, he didn't take it lying down. He was like, well, why? Like, what's the problem? Like, $10,000 is a lot of money. Like, what, yeah. what, what's, the, like what's the problem with that? And we just started explaining. It was like, look, when you, when you sign a piece of paper, there's a lawyer that needs to touch it. That lawyer costs money. The, this is why the development world generally has high minimums and they want small amount of investors for large dollars because the cost of dealing with an investor is costly. Right? If you're putting in a hundred grand or a million bucks, it costs about the same to deal with it. So you'd rather have a million bucks than a hundred grand. And that conversation with this, with this person essentially got us to the beginning of like, well, maybe there's a way to build a technology platform to take all that, you know, take all those issues out of small investors so that you can enable them to be able to participate in an opportunity and take the fear away from the developer or the real estate operator from being scared of having, you know, hundreds or thousands of individual investors. Um, and that's what we essentially set out to do was, was build a tool to do that. And so at the time... So it must have been kind of a, not necessarily an aha moment, but wow, there's a lot of people excluded from real estate investing. There's got to be a way to change that. Were there were there models out there that you were looking at? Or was it like, no, nah, this just doesn't exist. We have, to, we have to build this out. I think at the time, like the crowdfunding of real estate is like it's been around, but usually the minimum dollars are still pretty high. Mm-hmm. Um, or you have to be an accredited investor and you have to hit a certain dollar amount. Maybe the minimum's not a hundred grand anymore. Maybe it was 25, but it's still big numbers. And going down below accredited investor into retail investors is also, there's, you know, challenges on how to do that. And so what we wanted to do is we had that idea and that conversation with this person and just sort of kept on poking holes and like, well, why, why do, why do you need this person to, why do you have to pay a fee to a lawyer to do something? And why do you need to you know, do this and why that and why this, just question the whole system. It's like, well, why? Mm -hmm. And so we dug into a whole bunch of those whys to figure out like, was maybe there's a big opportunity here for um, crowdfunding real estate for specific individual properties. And that's where we decided to do our first proof of concept property, where we bought a house on the east side of Vancouver on Trout Lake. It's a single family house that backs right onto the lake. And the idea was, Let's let's try it. And so we we chose a single family house. We it's a great location. Literally, you walk out the back door and you're you're in Trout Lake. And we wanted to prove that we could put the property on a very rudimentary version of our system and see like do random Canadians want to participate? Do do people actually want to do this? Or are we just sort of right? You know, with entrepreneurs, you got an idea in your mind. This is the best idea, and then five everybody's going like, to love this, this. Is a stupid idea. <laughs> <laughs> and so we wanted to validate the idea and just see like, do people want to participate in, in real estate in this fashion? And so we put that property on this, the, the early version of our system. We put it out there. We ran some Facebook ads and Google ads to try and drive attention to the website as to what, what, what you can do on it. And we proved that it, it worked with 305 investors in that initial property. And so what did you do with the house? You, you bought the house? It. It's been ripped down and there's a duplex going in right now being built. And so the, the two units will be available or ready at the end of this year. I think about 
October, November, I think it's supposed to be. Huh. And those two units will be sold off. And then when they're sold off, um, you know, you pay all the bills and do whatever, and then you cash out all the investors for the profit. And everybody gets their percentage share of the development. And so can you, um, so the proof of concept was the house in around Trout Lake. So that was what, around 20, 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. Okay. So presumably then you have to reach out to the development community at some point. Can you talk about maybe your first project or first, yeah. first multifamily project? Yeah. So we we learned a lot with that first property where, yes, it validated that people wanted to do this, that people would like to invest this way. But we learned like single family houses were not the best at this, you know, that moment or this moment now for us to be involved. And we like the idea of institutional commercial grade real estate better. Um, it keeps us and it, it keeps the, not only it's a potentially, you know, maybe not a better investment, but a just different investment, having multiple doors, multiple tenants, like it, it de-risks you a little bit rather than having one house, one tenant. Um, it also keeps us out of housing affordability conversations and all that. We just focus on institutional commercial grade real estate. The only reason we started with a single family house, it was something small enough that we could bite it off. And if this turned out to be a really dumb idea, Mike and I could still complete on the deal and figure and figure it out. Right. Versus trying to take down something larger, have it turn out to be this is not going to work, and then trying to figure out, shoot, how do we actually buy this thing that mm-hmm. we've we've got paper on? And we, that was the reason we started with that. So we took all of 2019 and most of 2020 to build the actual software to facilitate essentially thousands and thousands of transactions for very small dollar amounts. So we had to automate essentially the entire process, start to finish. And then we launched the second property in August or something like that of 2020. And it was the Starbucks building in Chilliwack, BC. So it's a brand new, or was a brand new, I think it was built in 2017 or 2018. Single commercial building with a drive through and Starbucks Canada is the tenant. And so we enabled, I think it's about 830 investors invested into that property. And there's, it's done, I think, 10 or 11 quarters of distributions or dividends out of it. So this is something you're retaining then? Yes, a cash flowing asset. Okay. Yeah, so people can... You basically, you, you look on the, on, you go to your Addy account, you log into your account, you can see the opportunity, you can see what's going on, you can read the prospectus, look at the due diligence documents, see an appraisal, see the environmental, see all the stuff, and then choose to like participate in, the, in that opportunity or not, right? And people, get, they get to choose, like, do you like British Columbia or not? Do you like Chilliwack or the Valley or not? Do you like a single commercial tenant or not? Do you like that it's a Starbucks, not a mom and pop? Like, you, you know, all these things that people can take into account. And then they can choose to invest literally $1 up to $2,500 per property. So can we maybe just talk a little bit kind of nuts and bolts? So you have, it's an app or is it, so you have an app. So if somebody's interested, they download the app, they create an account. You don't have to be accredited. And then you just start looking at deals. Yeah, you basically, you go to addyinvest.ca, you create an account. There's a web app and there's an iOS app. Android app's coming soon. And you you create your account, you put in your personal details, who you are, where you're from, your address, all that kind of information, birth date, you need to be of age of majority in the province that you're in. So it's like 19 and BC 18, you know, depending on which province it changes. You can connect a bank account. So you connect your Canadian bank account or you can interact money into the system. So you can you can interact $100 over to your Addy wallet. It'll show up in your Addy wallet. So you'll have $100 sitting in your wallet. An opportunity will come onto the system. You'll see the deal and the details. You'll see who's the general partner, who's the operator, who's the issuer, you know, all those important details of like who's actually going to run the property or, mm-hmm. or build the building or do whatever it is. And then you can see the due diligence documentation. You can read the prospectus documents. And then you can make an investment dis- decision. You can literally invest $1, $10, $52, whatever you want. You up, had, up to $2,500. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, the $1 thing, people at the beginning, we used to take a lot of heat for the $1 thing. Yeah. People go, what's, you know, what's that? how's that going to help anybody invest? And the, for us, the point was, we're trying to eliminate barriers to entry so that anybody right. can enter the market and be able to invest in real estate. And so if we said it was minimum $500, but you had $450, all of a sudden we are the barrier to entry. Right. So by saying it's $1, you can choose what your minimum is. Is yeah. your minimum 50 bucks? Great. And you said the maximum was 25000 2500 2500 Yeah, okay. our average investor is about $500 per property. And you can see that when a property goes live on the system, you'll see how many Canadians have invested in it and what the average amount is. And that, that amount moves as the investment sells out eventually. And then it'll say this many people did it this much money at this average amount. I'm just thinking about these investments because most of the things that we've talked about on the show are all for accredited investors. And there's, I mean, I guess the regulatory... I guess that's a different conversation, but it seems like Addy is putting deals in front of people that may know, like look at the disclosure and be like, oh, yeah, I, I don't know, I got 50 bucks to throw at this thing. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Do you present the offers as this is a great deal or do you just put the deals on there and say, hey, you take a look, you make the decision. This is a platform in which we're putting deals in front of you and you, it's it's on you. Or is it like, here's another good investment and here's why. Like, is no, there a pitch or no? No, 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 we don't give any advice. We can't give any anything like that. We're basically, Addy's a software company. So we license what we call the Addy business software. We license that software to issuers and dealers. Huh. So the issuer would be the general partner, the real estate developer, the real estate operator, whoever's going to buy and run or build or manage the building. Right. Um, that's the issuer. So they're the ones that would normally be running around raising capital from generally high net worth individuals. Like I was mentioning before, it's like a normal real estate deal to give you just an example would be a real estate operator, general partner, developer, whatever you want to call them, will go and buy, let's say a $30 million building. They'll slap a $20 million mortgage on it. So there's, there's $10 million of equity that they have to come up with to buy the thing. And so the developer, let's say they put in $2 million. So now they have to raise $8 million. Normal world, they would run around to high net worth accredited investors and say, here's my deck, here's my the deal, here's what I'm doing, here's my track record, here's how I know, I can tell you what I know and how I know what I'm doing. And I'm raising $8 million and the minimum investment is $1 million. And so they go and try and get eight investors for a million dollars each to come up with their $8 because the, they, like I was saying before, they want a small number of investors for as large as they can. Right. Developers will do this all day long. And they've there's lots of wealthy people out there that will be like, oh yeah, that looks interesting, here's the money. And the problem with that is most people don't have a million bucks sitting around. Mm -hmm. And it, so it eliminates most people from these types of opportunities. A, you have to even know the opportunity exists. There's lots of wealthy right. people out there that don't even know the opportunities exist. And then two, you have to have the capital to be able to you know, participate. And so what we do is we license the software to the issuer. And then the issuer can take their investment amount, that $8 million if they wanted, and cut it into $8 million $1 increments instead of eight $1 million increments. Um, and then enable whoever, the, the, the community to invest. They can still deal with their accredited investors if they'd like. And they just use our software to run the issuance, run the subscription agreements, the signing of all the documents, the movement of cap or the movement of money, distributions, investor updates, all of that stuff is done through the software itself. So the issuers um, license our platform to be able to do that. Is there any vetting that takes place on Addy's part or is the vetting at the individual investor level? There's, I guess you look at it a couple different ways. We, we look at it a deal to make sure that the issuer is a reputable company. Obviously, we just want to make sure that there's no, they're not a bad actor in any way. 
they've got a track record, they know what they're doing, that kind of stuff. And then we'll look at the deal itself to make sure they've got all their sort of ducks in a row. We don't tell them that's a good idea or bad idea or change anything. It's just to make sure that all the pieces are are there that that we would need so that they can choose to make it available to the Addy members on the platform. So there's, there is a bit of a process there. There's also usually a dealer involved. So an exempt market dealer would also vet the deal and underwrite it themselves. And then, of course, yes, the the actual investor at the end of the day can see the due diligence and they read the prospectus, prospectus document if it's an offering memorandum or it's a crowdfunding uh, prospectus. They read that document and they they sign to say that they did read it. And then they make their investment decision of however much they would like to invest. Mm-hmm. So I'm just thinking about 2500 bucks. Is there a... Where did you come up with that cap? Is that a crowdfunding regulation yeah. caps it at twenty five hundred? Okay. We used to cap at fifteen hundred. We've we've dabbled that over time as we've as we've grown with what the cap should be. And like I said before, like the average investor is only five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So even though it is capped, it's not a, it's not really a problem for the vast majority of the people that invest, right? Um, because our average, you can see it, it's anywhere from four hundred to six hundred dollars per deal. And how many deals? Like, so if I sign up today and I'm like, all right, I'm I'm kind of keen to put 500 bucks in, a, you know, would you be, are there eight deals a year? Are there 12 deals a year? Are there so 24? The, yeah, as we get bigger, there's more continue to come as the, we keep sort of scaling up the software and the, and the number of issuers on the platform. The 31st opportunity came onto the platform the other day. So 30 and 31 are sitting on the system right now available. And then those opportunities range. There are buildings in BC, Alberta, Ontario, and Quebec that we've done. Some of them are multifamily deals. Some of them are developments. I think eight of them are real estate developments. Um, we've got three hotels in Quebec, two in Montreal, one in Quebec City that have been on the platform. Um, we've got like that, that Starbucks, that single commercial. We've got an 11-building business park in Calgary that's paid, I think, 11 quarters of dividends. Hmm. Um, we've got an RV resort two hours outside Toronto. There's, there's lots. Our first American property is coming. So there'll be an Oklahoma student housing complex coming out of the platform for Canadians to invest U.S. dollars into a U.S. property through a Canadian structure. But yeah, that's the... And so we, we continue to now start scaling up more and more opportunities onto the platform now that you know the, the software is to a point where we can take on the scale. What, what has been the biggest challenge for people to accept Addy? As a as like a, a as as an alternative, I guess to the to the developer that's reaching out to their networks. I think at, at the beginning we had some challenges around convincing the developer that, like some of them at the beginning, were like, "Ooh, does this make me look weak if I have to use a crowdfunding? Do people look at me and think like, oh, you can't find normal money right. uh, from a, like a, the normal accredited channels that you know most developers would go?" And so that was a bit of a struggle at the beginning, or they would still have those initial fears of, I don't want a thousand investors. Like that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds crazy. And so we had to prove it out by, by essentially showing them that like, look, don't worry this, you have a thousand investors or 10 investors. It's the same amount of work. There's no, literally no difference. The money movement is automated. Signatures is actually easier. There's a whole bunch of pieces of the system that actually makes their lives easier. But now fast forward to today where we're 30 ish, 31 properties in, we have large real estate developers, mid-market real estate developers or operators coming our way that are not coming because of money. They're coming because, like one great example is we've got a, a developer that's done a couple, put a couple opportunities on the platform. He's got three or four more coming. And his main goal was, I just want to enable my employees to be able to invest in the deals that they're doing all the work on. I want the person who's on the tools to be able to invest in the mm-hmm. deal of the building that they are building, right? Because again, in normal world, these guys, these people do all that hard work from the accounting office to the people on the tools on site, build the building, 
They, you sell all your units, you make money, and the developer makes money, and those handful of wealthy people make money, and everybody else just sort of got their wage, and which is fine. And developers are now looking at using the Addy platform kind of like an ESOP, and the tech community have uh, ESOPs, like an employee stock option program. So now they can use our platform to put it in, into the into the capital structure of a development to enable their people to be able to participate, have an ownership stake in the property that they're working on, and participate in the upside of it which most of them would like to do it. It's just, they can't do it for the same reasons why there's all minimum investments. It's just, it's hard to do without the technology in the middle to eliminate all those costs. So we see that the operator that likes the hotels in Quebec, his mindset is like, why wouldn't I want 2,000 investors in my my Montreal hotel, right? If I'm ever going to Montreal, I would, I'm would i going to stay in my hotel. Yeah, if you guys were going to Montreal, like I'd say, you should stay in my hotel, yeah. yeah. So you've got all these people running around saying, you should check out my hotel, stay in my hotel, and he thinks that like my Expedia costs will probably come down because there's there's two thousand investors in each of these properties that will be the talking piece of of these properties. So he sees it as a benefit to a a, a property like that that ha- has you know has an operating business in it like that makes sense. We see it with our Chilliwack Starbucks, right? We know so many of our members will drive by five other Starbuckses to go to their Starbucks. <laughs> Um, and they'll send us photos. They, we've got a whole Discord set up. There's you know thousands of our members in the Discord. They'll talk to each other about the different properties. They'll send selfies from the Starbucks drive-through to each other. And so we know that we're driving economic benefit to some of these tenants yeah. of these properties. I was going to say that because I was thinking between you know investing as a limited partner uh, as an individual like a REIT. There's this because of the kind of what you're talking about is where Addy kind of makes sense, right? Like a REIT is so. You know, well, you're you, buying like a basket of properties. Yeah, it's like, you know, oh, I, like it Canadian might as well just malls. be buying an yeah. ETF. It's like, all right. But this is like, I own a piece of the Starbucks, the building where that Starbucks, I want to drive there. And it's, yeah. That's, yeah, people that's, like like the idea of the feeling of ownership. And they like to drive by their properties. We've got one investor, he came to one of our meetups. And he's like, I'll only invest in properties that I can drive to. And yeah, I was like, oh, cool. Which ones did you get? And he shows me on the app. He's got B, all, the, all of our BC and Alberta properties that have come onto the platform. He's invested them all and he's driven to them all. Like we've, we've got one in Kimberly, BC, a multifamily building in, in Kimberly. It's like 7,500 people, I think, that live there. He drove to Kimberly to go check out his investment. Right? It's uh, <laughs> just started walking around telling people he owned the place. <laughs> well, it's just, I think it's <laughs> like, like it's that, <laughs> that pride of ownership, right? And then there's another big piece of it. We've got lots of tenants of these multifamily buildings, the renters in the buildings that now can own a piece of the building that they're the tenant in. Right. right. So they get to sit on both sides of the of the equation as to their renter hat on and their the landlord or owner hat on. And so when they get a dividend or distribution out of the property, it's essentially coming from their rent, right? Because that's... yeah. How it works. So when you're talking, it sounds like as far east as Quebec, moving into the U.S., active in definitely in Alberta and B.C. and Ontario, finding deals. Is it more about networking at this point and just finding people in the development community or in the invest real estate investing community that to partner with and let them kind of find deals? Or is Addy, are you involved in, I guess because you're not really looking at you're not looking at the deals to put no. on there as much as you're making connections with the folks that are the movers and shakers. Yeah, so we we connect with those people through you know events, our own events, through the internet, through podcasts like this that people will hear about us, find us and then they'll reach out and they'll they'll talk about what they're doing, what their plan is, what their challenges are and what technology they may or may not use in their business. And they want to understand is like is the Addy business software a, a fit for what they're trying to do. Um, and so now we're able, we're able to do what we call a private issuance where 
someone can bring a property onto the platform that they're not going to make available to retail investors or the Addy community. They're just going to do it to run their normal accredited investors, but they want to use our system because it just streamlines the whole thing. Mm. Or just It still makes their lives way, way easier across the board. So you can do that? So you can take the old model, but just do it through, through, just ads, use the through the software? Yeah. Yeah, we license the software around either a private issuance or an issuance that's going to have the community as part of it. That's brilliant. Huh. And it just um, it makes it easy to, to do. You guys can see, you can create an account on the system. You can make an investment. There's two properties on the system right now. You can create an account, verify your ID, interact money in all within eight minutes, let's say. And then you can look at those opportunities, read the, de- the details, and then choose to make an investment. And then you sign a subscription agreement. It's all done through the app. And then you get your digital version of a like a share certificate, and then the 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 opportunity the property then shows up in your portfolio within your Addy account, and then when the issuer does property updates, they'll the updates show up within the within that property. So I can click. I'm obviously invested in all 31 properties that have ever come onto the platform, and so I can go through any of those properties, click into it, and see the updates from the issuer. Like we were talking about the Lex building before. Mm-hmm. Right, the Lex building came out of the system, a bunch of people invested, and then the, the issuer would do updates of, of what, what he was doing with the building, how it was going. So he sold off the individual units until they were all gone. And there's all these updates, and then distributions or dividends came back to the investors in pieces. It wasn't done all in one final distribution. When he'd sold enough of them, there was a distribution. Then he sold a few more, there was another distribution. So you can see those dollar amounts coming back into the wallet where it shows up back in my Addy account, and then I can choose to move that money back to my Canadian bank account or I can choose to use that money on whatever opportunity comes up again. And it's all very automated and streamlined. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 
So the Lex was uh, an example of who you partnered with, bought that building, and then sold off the units. It was a purpose-built rental, right? As I understand, and then it was stratified. And it was already off. stratified when he bought the building. That was unique about it. Okay. So it was running as an apartment building, but it was already a stratified building. Okay, so he bought it and sold off he the bought, units. Yeah, he bought a functioning apartment building, and then the market. he definitely nailed the timing on the market and so decided to sell off all those individual units. So, okay, so this is, I mean, and I guess when you're dealing with people, you know, potentially thousands of people involved, there's potentially a pivot there. How do people... One say even if he decided, okay, buying this, we're gonna we're gonna sell them as individuals. It should take X amount of time. You'll get your money back. We project by this time. But for other like a hotel, can you folks that are you know I've got five hundred bucks in a hotel in Quebec. What's the exit strategy there? Is it does it change with each? Are you or are you tied up in the project? Yeah. Or? So each property that comes onto the platform has projections, you know, projected timeline, projected returns, right? Risks, pros and cons, all that stuff is broken out, but they're all projections, right? When the Lex came onto the platform, I think it was projected to be a five-year deal uh, projected mm -hmm. and that it would operate like it was operating and just pay a dividend. And then when the, the general partner or the issuer on that property decided well, maybe there, maybe that we should execute on this other strategy of selling them off, the more risky strategy of selling them all off and potentially more profitable. And he went ahead and did that. And so we were in and out of that investment in I think 11 months when it was projected to be five years, right? So part of the opportunity when people are looking at a, like an opportunity on the system is they should be looking at not only where the property is and what it is and all that, but also who the issuer is, mm -hmm. right? What's their skill set? At the end of the day, when we all invest in these properties, you sign a voting trust agreement. So you have no say or choice in what's right. going on. You just hope that the person kind of driving the bus yeah. knows what they're doing. But can you say, hypothetically, you're in this a hotel in Quebec and a year later you're like, man, I really need my money back. Can you sell? Can you get out of it? Can you? Is there a, a function where another Addy investor might be interested? There's a legal structure to do it. It's not the most economical thing to do you can it can be done it's very rare okay. that someone asks and this i think part of you know our, our average investors are, are small dollars <laughs> well it's just like it doesn't it doesn't happen yeah very often of right. the thousands and thousands of transactions through the system it's a you can it's probably rare. count on two right. hands okay. how many times so people aren't asked. day trading on Addy. no and it's well it's like you know commercial real estate you like you guys know if you buy this building today and try and sell it tomorrow yeah. You've lost money just on the transaction fees, right? It's like real estate is a, you know, the get rich slow program. Like it's mm -hmm. not an overnight success. Usually like zoning changes, all that stuff. Everybody already knows it. It's factored in, right? When you're buying, if you're buying this building and you know the Broadway thing's happening because it's already happening because the construction's already happening. So whoever's selling this already knows what you're going to be allowed to do in the height. The, 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 the difference is, you know, sometimes weird things happen where it's like, well, I didn't know that was going to happen or something gets announced right after you purchased it. But the reverse can also be true, mm -hmm. right? COVID could break out, right? <laughs> where you're like, whew, well, I shouldn't have bought that shopping mall with mom and pop restaurants in it, right? Right, right? And then COVID happens, you're like, well, all my tenants are closed. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Or, or alternatively, Tiff Macklem can say interest rates are going to be low for... Right, a whole, yeah. <laughs> till, till mid-2023 or whatever, and then jack them. I'm wondering, actually, that's a perfect segue because I was wondering how, I guess, through COVID, but then also through this interest rate environment that we've been in in the last year and a half, like how it sounds like Addy's flourishing. Have you noticed people, is it, it's growing through this period of 
tighter Definitely. constraints on money? There's there's lots happening. I think a lot of the issuers are rethinking some of their structures. Maybe they're rethinking how much equity is going into a deal, what type of mortgage structure are they going to put on it, what the loan-to-value should be. Deals still happen. They just readjust. Sometimes deals for sure fall apart, and they're like, no, it's not going to work. It doesn't pencil out anymore. We can't we can't do this one, and they'll, they work on something else. So there's there's definitely lots going on, right? There's the recapitalization world of people that have own buildings for a long time that have, you know, investors in it that the we one came onto our platform a few months ago. It's a Calgary multifamily platform or a property. I think the the issuer bought it 10 or 12 years ago, had a, a handful of high net worth investors in it. Fast forward to today, some of those investors are like, "Hey, like my like to get my capital out if possible." Like, you know, if you've been in 10 years and you're 200 grand or 300 grand in there, maybe it's worth 3 or 400 now. You're like, you see that as your boat or your retirement or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that issuer is just looking at, well, how I want to keep the building, but I do want to help these people with some liquidity. And so he recapitalized the building with the Addy community. And it was a way to enable some of the investors to get out, some of them to drop down their ownership, enable a new crew of investors to come in at the, at the new outlook for that building. And the general partner didn't want to go. He, loved, he likes the building and wanted to stay in it. And so you can use the platform for stuff like that, for recapping property. So there's lots and lots of different opportunities that go on with these issuers around interest rate changes and whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you find like a lot of people, obviously you're from Vancouver, but the people that are are on the app, is it like across Canada or where, where are most of your users located? Yeah. So we have anybody in Canada can create an account on the system. The issuer that comes onto the system will decide which provinces get opened up with the, depending on what dealer they use. So Canada... Each province has a different securities commission, and there's different rules for those securities commissions. So if you want British Columbia investors, you have to follow these rules. If you want British Columbia and Alberta, now you have to follow two different sets of rules. If you want Saskatchewan, three different sets. Quebec, four different sets plus French, right? Yeah. So there's uh, so when the issuer comes onto the system and they just, they're trying to put together what they want to do and how they want to do it, they'll choose which dealer they'd like to work with. The dealers are also licensed in certain provinces, not necessarily all the provinces. And then they'll make those choices, then make it available. If it's available to you in your province, the system would notify you. If you've got an Eddie account, it'll let you know um, that there's an opportunity for you to look at. And if it's, in a, if it's in a province like Quebec, unfortunately, some of our issuers just don't, don't choose to turn on Quebec because you do have to do a bunch of work in French. You have to translate a lot of the documents have to come in French, otherwise you can't offer it in Quebec. And so that extra cost many times eliminates the opportunity from being available to Quebec residents. And so we've got People in our system from all the provinces, but generally BC, Alberta, Ontario, and Saskatchewan residents can invest. Quebec gets flipped on and off depending on the opportunity. And presumably, like I'm, I'm just thinking about the projects that have uh, over the years we've had lots of people on our show trying to tap into real estate investors in BC specifically, right, to buy investment properties in Calgary or buy invest across Canada, but largely because I think. I think the argument is that it looks affordable to people in BC compared to our real estate prices, perhaps. Do you find that, it, are you getting, are a lot of people reaching out to target BC specifically? No, not necessarily. And I think the issuers on the platform don't, they don't really care outside of a handful of examples of where the, where the individual person is, right? If it's a multifamily building in Alberta, they obviously like to turn it on for Alberta because many of them want the tenants to be able to invest. So it's logical you'd want Alberta investors to be able to participate. If you're a BC developer and you've got BC employees that you're buying in Alberta, 
So maybe you'd want both of those provinces. It also kind of matters like how many people on the Addy platform are in that province. So if we've got, if someone says, oh, I want to turn on Nova Scotia, they would maybe ask us like how many, how many Nova Scotia accounts are on the system? We, we, we could look it up and say like mm-hmm. this many are you know, not enough or too many or not whatever. And then they would make the decision of like, okay, I, I still want to move forward with opening that up because I want you know, the residents of that province to be able to participate. But it's almost like the flip of what you're talking about, right? Because I think a lot of the people that have came, come to us over the years, like, hey, we're going after high net worth individuals in Vancouver to invest in our project. This is actually, you know, because it's capped at 2,500, you're not going after that that audience, right? It's actually way more democratic in a lot of ways. Yeah, we just uh, we're trying to enable sort of regular people to be able to participate, right? There's And you could find people, there's Vancouverites that won't invest in Vancouver because they just think it's crazy, it's overpriced, it's nuts. And then you can find other Vancouverites that can't get into the market that want to get in the market and right. they see us as a way to, you know, have investment slice of a property in Vancouver. So they're attracted to Vancouver. It really, you know, really depends, right? right. There's people that in Vancouver that want Toronto, right? Generally, people invest in place. If you're lucky enough and have made an investment in a property, it's usually where you live, right? To, to take it to the next level of investing or owning a property where you don't live, usually maybe it's a cabin or whatever it is, or, but to run an investment property for yourself in another province is either, it's, a, it's just more difficult, or mm-hmm. you're putting in a proper management company that's going to help you deal with it. But most people own where they live. And so we can enable them to, you know, have some hotels in Quebec and have some, you know, business parks in Calgary and industrial parks and wherever and commercial Starbucks in Chilliwack. And- right. I think I know the answer to this, but RSP... TFSA, not applicable. Not yet. No, oh, but not it, eligible. Yeah, but it will be potentially in the future. Yeah, it's possible to do. We just haven't done it. Okay. But there's there's a roadmap to be able to make that. Maybe, maybe changing gears a little bit because, Stephen, you've been, you know, I've over the last 10, 10 years or so, we've crossed paths in, in the sense that you've been in always the tech side of real estate. Do you think a lot about the future of real estate and and trends that you're kind of seeing right now about how real estate's changing? And can you talk a little bit about that? I don't know about like the the the, the parts of it that we're focused on is around the automation, right? It's like what what can we do to make the painful pieces of the process easier and, and smoother? So the the first pieces for the Addy Business Software was focused around just the transaction, right? It's like this does not work unless you automate it. Like it's just not possible to take thousands of investors for 500 bucks each and have that cost effectively work out where, so you'd have to, we had to automate absolutely all of those pieces. Now that that's done, we're looking at things of like, well, we, our system takes in a whole bunch of documents for an issuer, right? They'll go get their environmental documents and their appraisal documents. And they, they get all this stuff about a property, all this paperwork, all these PDFs, and then they have their team analyze it to try and do their due diligence and underwrite the deal to make, you know, to make sure to, to confirm that they are going to make the investment. And so we built some tools internally. We haven't released any of them yet to our customers, but built some tools around and enabling those documents to be consumed faster. And like, you know, using like things like ChatGPT, where you can you can use AI to pull out the important things within a document, find all the numbers in a document, right? There's so much that goes on 
in the legal side and the finance side of this of this world where if like an appraisal document's one day too old, you can't use it in this type of situation or within this off- offering memorandum if this is not done at this point at this date. So the dates are important, the dollar amounts are important. Not that they're not important in other situations, but like some of them, if it's something's too old, you have to redo it, right? Or we found once we had one of our team looking at a building condition report. It said there was like a seven foot crack in the parkade right in the in the foundation of the building and they were like seven feet that sounds pretty like a pretty big crack and we asked them about it and they went down and trying to figure out they didn't see that and they would figure it out and it basically ended up being a typo in the document it wasn't feet it was inches but it said feet (laughs) and so it's like well that's and there's just like simple typo but if it was true that's a big problem if it's inches like less less of an issue but it's like it took a human to read that a whole bunch of other humans had read it and everybody just missed it or assumed it was incorrect or it was wrong and that uh, there's no way it could have been like that. And just, so you can, we're building tools to be able to do stuff like that. Pull out all the information within a document that's got anything to do with measurements. All the things around dates, all the legal corporation names. There's lots and lots of numbered companies that go on. It's like, make sure that, is this the numbered company? Is it correct from this document to the subscription agreement? Like, did you, somebody forget something? Like, just all of that stuff is where we're just trying to make it simpler for our issuers to be able to do what they do and do it faster and more efficiently. Hmm. Just thinking about markets, because you're engaged across Canada and and now in the U.S., uh, it sounds like you're invested in all 31 31. 31 projects. What areas are you most excited about in Canada and potentially even opening it up to the U.S.? Where's where's the most excited? Like locations? Yeah, locations, like best best investing uh, locations for you right now. This is not investment advice, of course, but um, like I'm, I'm obviously invested in all of them just because it's platform. Obviously, I like what we're doing. I think it's neat. Within our platform, you get what's called an at your Addiverse. So each property comes with a little mini prop, like a graphic image of what the building looks like. So you're slowly building out your little city or what we call your Addiverse. So you don't want you don't want to miss one because then you're you've got a hole in your city. (laughs) So the Addiverse is kind of a neat thing. But I'm generally interested in like I like the properties that pay a consistent dividend or distribution. So those like multifamily buildings that just do that, they're, you're not going to, you know, make, make tons and tons of money, but you're going to generally consistently do you know, what's, what's expected of it. Like the Starbucks just does what it does. It's just very, very consistent. Mm-hmm. The drive-through proved to be an amazing thing when COVID happened. You know, if that didn't have the drive-through, the store was shut down, you couldn't go in, but the store kept operating because of the drive-through. So it never technically closed through COVID. Mm. Where if that we had a, Starbucks tagged into a, some sort of mall with no drive-through, it would have been closed. We would have right. lost 100% of the rent from our one tenant. Right. So I like those ones that that pay a distribution out. It's kind of neat to see the money come back. It's, it's, I think, you know, makes it feel like, oh, it's working. It's cool. It's yeah. like I put money in and I get, I get it back out. So I, I like those ones. I like what's going on in Alberta. There's lots of neat things happening in Alberta. We see a lot of activity from Alberta not only not, not the, uh, the issuers are necessarily in Alberta. We've got a few issuers in Alberta bringing on properties in the platform, but issuers from outside Alberta that are buying properties in Alberta. So there's, there's I think, lots of activity there. We're a part of, actually, I'm going to Calgary tomorrow morning. We've got one of the properties that sold out on the platform was a Calgary conversion, where it's a tower downtown. You know, they've got a, oh, right. a like quarter an of office, their buildings are uh, empty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so the city of Calgary put together a, a grant program essentially to um, encourage developers to convert their empty commercial buildings to residential buildings, which is generally very hard to do. There's lots of, you can find stuff on the internet how it's generally easier to just rip the whole building down and start again. 
it's it, it can be a very hard process and there's lots of buildings that just can't be done it's just it's hard to repipe them and sure put bathrooms and kitchens all through the building all the way up it's, it's, it can be a very hard job but it's neat to see those ones and and so you know see those opportunities of those buildings in in what's you know part of Calgary that's a bit quiet because there's nobody there right you know fix the building repurpose it and then rent the rent it all the units and the city of Calgary is putting money behind if you complete the the job in the way that you're supposed to the city of Calgary will put in seven million dollars or ten million dollars and so it's a it's a neat program that they've got going on huh. and uh, I guess in thinking about maybe putting a finer point on it if you were uh, if you were thinking about one place you'd like to invest in Canada <laughs> with uh, with Addy or otherwise, is there a market that you're excited about? I don't know. I'm like, I'm pretty bullish on Vancouver. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I live here. Like I, I know people think there's lots of people that think it's, it's overheated. Um, it probably is in places, but it's a pretty great place. Vancouver. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that come here from other parts of the country or other parts of the world. And they, they take into account our weather as part of their purchase price. Right. If you're from outside the country, people take into account our school system, our healthcare system, our fresh air as part of the purchase price, where locals don't necessarily think about some of those things, a safe, safety and security. Right. There's a lot of that c- comes into people's math when they're thinking about moving into Canada, moving to Vancouver, specifically buying property. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on Vancouver. It's a beautiful place. There's lots to do. We're constrained um, with what's going on. You guys were at that event with Ravi Kalon. There's going to be some changes coming in that's going to, I think, enable more development and more multifamily buildings and that kind of stuff in some of the more sleepier neighborhoods. Right. So it'll be, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's going to be hard to make, make it happen, I think. But Some potential opportunities for adding investors. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did it in Toronto. They, they changed the rules. So I think you can do three or four units now in single-family houses. So they're like, there's a developer out there that'll buy a single family house in Toronto and then convert it to four units and then rent out those four units. Mm-hmm. Seems like a great idea. I bet I can also see the flip side of it. It's like, well, what does that do to parking? What does that do to the sewage and the pipes and all the systems that, that go on? If you add, you know, four of it, four more, three more kitchens or four more kitchens to a house, four more toilets or whatever it is, like, you know, and all those extra cars on the street, if they're not, there's no garages for them. Yeah. You can see how it does create issues, but I'm sure those things will be worked out. They'll have to be. Yeah. I think they'll have to be. Everybody should just get on Evo. You know, you use your shared cars. <laughs> it's no big deal. Well, maybe we'll leave it there. But but Stephen, we do have this segment called the Five Wire, five lighthearted questions that we end every show with. Uh, can you stick around for that? Sure. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. All right. So, a question number one is one book that you've read rec- you've read recently that you would recommend. I've heard you guys do this. I don't. I don't read books. I listen to them. Oh, okay. Um, Audible. Audible. I'm just trying to think. What was I? I do that, and podcasts is my is my thing. Oh, so Finding My Virginia is the most recent one. Richard Branson's book. Oh, the um, I think it's, it's good. His, it's his second one. It must be good. Yeah. 
He's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Had an interesting life. I like those business business books, you know, about someone's business story and their life and how they did what they did and the challenges. Right. So that's, that's the current one on my... Finding my virginity. Finding okay. my virginity, yeah. In the last few years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? I try and walk to work as much as I can. Are you guys downtown? No, we're just in Kits, 4th and U. I actually walked here from there. Oh, nice. um, yeah, if I, can, if I can walk, I'll do it. Because I, I find once I go home, like kids and life and stuff, and it's just, it's hard to, you know, find time to do. And obviously you can find time. I choose, obviously choose not to. So um, <laughs> I could do it. But yeah. <laughs> I find if I, by walking to work, it's like a good 35 minutes. I listen to my podcast or a book and it sort of forced somewhat of an exercise. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's generally pretty good for me of just trying to walk at least one way to work. Fourth or here. you. That's a, that's a, that's so a walk. That's a decent walk. Took me 25 minutes. So are you, are you, tra- I'm, you're a tech guy, but I haven't, are you wearing no. a, no, no <laughs> devices, nothing tracking Just my that phone. Watch. No. Right. So I, I, I look up the thing, the address on the, um, on the app and then Google will say, oh, that's a 35-minute walk. And I just, I know I walk faster than whoever they're tracking for their walk. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, that for me, that's 25 minutes or whatever. So I know I can shave it back a bit because I just walk faster. <laughs> right on. Uh, what have you been binge watching lately or favorite movie? Um, the last thing I probably watched or binge watched on Netflix was the, I think it's called The Last Kingdom. It's like a show about the back when they were trying to form England guys running around with swords huh. all the, all wait the, when when with this on Netflix yeah maybe um, sounds kind of interesting yeah Never they've done five it. seasons of it I think and, and then it, they came out with a full length movie on Netflix oh, wow. called The Seven Kings or something something like that but it's about this like warrior guy that he's somehow befriended one of the kings king of England who's trying to make England England yeah and he's like this special warrior guy who like helps him, but also crosses him. And it's it's a neat, it's huh. a neat show. Pretty, tonight, it's man. pretty violent. Yeah. It's it's pretty violent. <laughs> Don't watch it with any kids. It's there's all these guys running around hammering each other with swords. Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, question number four: uh, favorite band or music? I don't really listen to anything. Um, Podcasts. Podcast this one, books. of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's weird. I don't like, I'll turn on music uh, and just listen to whatever, but I don't buy music. I don't care. Huh. I don't go to concerts. Like I'll go if my wife wanted to go or someone's that we're going, I'll go, but I'm never the driving factor to go. And that's been your whole life? Yeah, it's weird. Wow. It's and one of my, my, my older brother is just like intense. He'll drive to Seattle all the time for some random yeah. little band that's showing up to some weird little place. <laughs> And he loves it, and he'll try and drag everybody to come with him. And I just like the exact opposite of that. I just don't. Huh? It's just, just not my thing. I think that's the first time we've ever had. <laughs> I just don't like music. Yeah. Well, not, that I, not that I don't like it. Yeah, I like music. I like listening to music. I just don't care enough yeah. to know who's singing or yeah, yeah, yeah. follow a band or buy an album or buy a song or whatever. I just right. don't. It's just. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, good. It's a great last, one. Last last question for you, uh, Steve, before we let you go. Something you have purchased for under fifteen hundred dollars that has changed your life in the last few years. And it's gotta be an Addy. Oh, it can't oh, I was be like not Addy the Addy property. properties. Yeah. My electric bike. I bought an electric bike. Oh, nice. 
It's pretty sweet. Yeah. My wife makes fun of me for it, but I just tell her it's not exercise, it's commuting. You know what? I feel like I'm on the cusp all the time of buying an electric bike, but I the thing that stops me from cycling is the rain, I feel like. so. I, I'm oh, like, I'm a oh. fair weather biker, for yeah, sure. I, yeah, that's my thing. I'm like, will I use this? Yeah. I don't know. How much am I going to actually use it if I'm one of those guys who refuses to It's pretty great. Crappy. Really? Like you, you, you go pretty fast on them. You don't like you can be in jeans or whatever, and you don't really work up a sweat. So yeah, you're not, yeah. you can use it to go to the office or go to meetings or whatever and not come in as a bit of a mess. Like it, that's what I say. It's not exercise, yeah. it's commuting. <laughs> yeah. But, and all the bike lanes in the city, they're, they're amazing. Like you can snake through the, all the side streets that have the, 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 like the eighth bikeway or the one off, it's called, I think it's called off Broadway. Right. There's like a million bikes going back and forth on that road. And it's just, it's like a whole other world out there of these people that bike around versus drive around. Yeah. It's cool. Did, did, uh, I'm just thinking, you, do you pedal or do you yeah. throttle the whole time? No, it's a pedal assist. Pedal assist. Yeah. So you're getting some good exercise. Yeah. Though. I just like, if my wife was sitting here, she'd be like, you're not getting any exercise. It's just like, <laughs> don't kid yourself. Um, so it's not like, yes, you, 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 it's pedal assist. You are pedaling. You are doing something. Yeah. Right. Um, just but it's commuting. Of, it's commuting. It's commuting. Yeah. yeah. Right on. Well, how can people find out more about what you're doing over at Addy? Yeah, Invest, yeah. Go to addyinvest.ca. Anybody can create an account. It's free to create an account. It's free to I use think the we're system. Both going to create account. I was gonna, and this. how many? You guys should. Do you yeah. have? Uh, I mean, obviously, you have it. Do you disclose? Like how? How many? You have thousands of people across the country investing in Addy right now. Yeah, we're the largest real estate crowdfunding platform in the country. We don't disclose the total number of people, but sure. on any of the properties that are on the platform, you can see exactly how many people have invested. And that number just keeps, it'll move and you can just sit there, watch it and refresh the page or you can see it on the app, it just changes. So it'll say, you know, there's 700, I can tell you right now, there's two properties on the system. I won't tell you where they are, everybody has to go look for themselves. Yeah, yeah, One of them has 259 people have invested an average of $571. And the other one, 705 people have invested an average of $631.79. Wow. So, and that, those numbers will just keep flipping up as, as it goes. And that's live. Everybody can see that. Yeah. I love this idea of creating like a, a village of your properties. Oh, I'll show you that. <laughs> it's called the Adiverse. So this is just the first version. We've got um, ideas and plans to do more. And I'll, as you're showing us, I'll narrate it for the people at home. This is a, there is a building and you can kind of swipe through and you can see actually, that looks almost like a town center. Is that the actual project? Yeah. These are the, like, so a, it's like a, oh, car, a digital, okay. digital version of your little city. So these are wow. all of my properties. So I'll go back to the beginning. You see there's a hole. So when the next property comes, the new image will show up. Yeah. And can you I can, see your Starbucks? Are there plans to add a Zelda-like character who roams through these properties? <laughs> I remember SimCity as a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the Starbucks oh, there's there. There's the Starbucks. Oh, fantastic. And there's the Lex is gold. So because technically oh, we've exited. Done. Yeah. Oh. So we had so many of our members like, well, what happens when we exit? Are you going to take it from my Adiverse? Yeah, like, yeah. I want to keep it. And so we're like, that's a good question. <laughs> so we, we talked a lot about it internally. It was like, how can we show you that it's not in your portfolio anymore, yeah. but like keep it in your portfolio? So we, we flipped it gold because you've, exited it so it's like you've collected a gold one i guess i see this as like a, and just i know we're running we're running over an hour now but i i see this almost as just complimentary if you're already investing in real estate or real estate obsessed and you just want another channel to to have as uh, for your for real estate investing like this is fantastic yeah. like I, I can imagine a lot of people are quite savvy on this platform 
Um, there's there's tons course. of people like that that are either very have have lots of money and happy to invest, and they just choose to do their own thing, like a you know, normal whatever they would choose to do in their normal city or wherever. And then they also use our platform. Like I talked to a person the other day, and he's like, "Well, I'm I'm never going to really invest or buy anything in Alberta or Quebec or Ontario. It's just not it's not realistic. I'm not going to do that." Yeah. But through the Addy platform, I can I can have exposure to these other provinces, other asset classes, um, and participate. Yeah. And then some of our like younger members on the platform, just because they're young and have a little bit of money or you know not a lot of money, doesn't mean they're they're they don't know what they're doing. Some of them are totally switched on. And they, um, they're just new and young in their career. So they just haven't really gotten started yet to be able to invest. So they're doing small dollar amounts, but they're, they're running Excel documents and, and, you know, running their own due diligence on the properties. We've got a discord server set up. Each, each property has its own channel in the discord and people are in there. They all chat with each other. They'll drive by, take photos, share it in the discord. They'll run their own numbers. They'll talk about something new that's happened, a government change, a tax change, uh, yeah, a new company showing up to town that's going to employ another thousand people, whatever it is, and they'll, there's just all these cool little conversations going. It's really neat. Huh. sounds like a cool community to be a part of. Well, thanks, uh, Steve, for your time. That was great. No problem. Thanks for having me. So there you have it, folks. Our discussion with Stephen Jagger from Addy Invest. I think it's just Addy, but their website, addyinvest.ca, as he said. Great conversation with Stephen. Really enjoyed that conversation, Matt. Fantastic having Stephen on the program. We ran a little long, but it was a good good conversation overall. Again, and, uh, one that kind of continued on after we, you know, we kept thinking it was over. Then we hit stop and continued on outside. And what I'll say, uh, you know, without going into it in too much detail. Really, our conversation about Addy only scratched the surface of where that platform actually could go yeah, and how very, it could be utilized. Yeah. So really interesting. If you want more information, we're happy to connect you to Stephen. If you want more information, download the app, which we've done now. We're starting to play around with. Um, uh, I don't think it's actually an app on iOS yet, but it's uh, no, that, well, on the website. Yeah, on the website. That's what I meant. Jeez, you can have applications on websites. Can, can you? you? I don't know. I, I, I also don't know. We need Stephen in yeah. here to comment. <laughs> Get but, <him> back. <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you have before we cut for the day? What do I have? Uh, not much, Adam, except VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our new and uh, improved website where all things real estate related live. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com for things like the Livewire. This is our weekly mailer, VIP presale access, deal of the month, stats, different types of stats. There's no reason why you shouldn't be on the live wire. We also have, of course, tried and true private client services. Because Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips. This is the time you want to be monitoring sold prices and you can get them by signing up for PCS on our account or signing up for your own PCS account on our website, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And you can also get in touch with me at any point, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And of course, we got that Kokomo line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We'll have a great week, guys. So many fantastic guests coming in the near future. So stay tuned and we'll see you next week. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.